Hey, how you doing everyone? It's Clayton here from howtodrawcomics.net and welcome to today's podcast episode. I am joined by co-host Rick Bulow and special guest star Ed Foychuk. How you doing guys? Hey. I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Glad to be here. They, they're they a little bit shy, but... Uh, <laughs> always, always shy. They'll perk up. Did, did... I'm not shy. Don't worry. You'll get me talking. And, you know, everybody's so polite on the podcast. We just, you know, we wait for each other to speak and <laughs> yeah, they, take you, it in turn. Ed, did, uh, did, Clayton, did Clayton mess up your, uh, your name as bad, badly as he usually messes up mine? No, he actually hit it pretty good. And, you know, some people think my name's difficult. It's just Foy Chuck. Foy Chuck. It's, it's Foy Chuck. really is how it looks, right? Nothing difficult there. It sounds <laughs> like It sounds like a Canadian superhero. Canadian I would superhero. like to think so. Foy uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, it kind of sounded kind of Asian when I was growing up. I was like, oh, Foy, you know, like, but no, it doesn't that, that way. It's actually a Ukrainian name. Oh, oh cool. Interesting. Very cool. All right. So for those who don't know Ed, and, and I can really only say this from my point of view, the um, the incredible artwork that I've seen this man do is nothing short of breathtaking but what's even more of an accomplishment in my opinion is the fact that ed you've brought out captain korea your was that is it your first independently created comic book yep all mine all yours and you're in um, amid the the second issue right now and and that's coming to a close very soon as well should be out uh almost end of the week yeah yeah man and that that's such an amazing achievement and you know the, the things that I've seen you posting on the on the How to Draw Comics group as well. You you're one of those community members who not only come to the forum to showcase your artwork and to help inspire the other members, but you're also there to help teach. And some of the pieces that you share with us aren't necessarily there to to show off your talents, but more there to teach you know a variety of different concepts, especially when it comes to anatomy, uh, which I've always really uh, admired. And um, and I I know that personally I've benefited a lot uh, benefited a lot or at least in some small way from what you posted on there. And I'm sure so many others have, have as well. So um, for those listeners out there who don't know who you are, would you like to give maybe a little bit of an intro, a little bit of background on uh, how you got into comic book art in the first place? What drives you? What motivates you to draw every day? And um, where you'd like to go next in your uh, comic book creating career? Okay, well, you know, it's first a, I'm going to question, say video chat because you guys would all see me blushing and stuff and laughing as as Clayton's <laughs> being all nice to me here. I'm like, what? You know, like I'm not that good. I'm not. I just am. You know, like I think we're all just students students of the art, right? And so I just feel like I'm just a constant student. Luckily, once in a while. I get paid for my studies, but beyond that, I just feel like I'm just a student, right? Um, mm -hmm. Let's see, origins, I think kind of the same as a lot of people, you know, you're just a kid in elementary school, you're drawing and stuff like that, and uh, it looks pretty bad, but people keep <laughs> telling you it looks pretty good, you know, and yeah. I think even then, actually, now that I think about it, uh, my daughter was looking through, I had these old, uh, okay, you remember the Marvel Universe handbooks and stuff? And DC's Who's Who, yeah, they were like the biography books and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I know what you're talking about. Right, um, so I used to do those for, for my own superheroes. I, Me and my buddies made like hundreds uh, of superheroes with the most stereotypical lame stories and stuff like that. That is so cool, man. Nice. That brings me right awesome. back to my primary school and high school days as well. Exactly. Un unfortunately, the art was as bad as the stories and all that. It was just like... It, my my kid keeps telling me it looks like a little 2D shooter game or, you know, those walkthrough games or something like that. Everything's from the side. They look like little Lego men and stuff, right? Yep. Yep. That's how we all start. That's where I started, and that's where I stayed for a long time. <laughs> I think I got a little bit better in high school. I was looking to put together a portfolio for Marvel and stuff. Um, but really, when I, looking back at it, I was kidding myself. You know, like, my only good art was... And I'm just going to come out and say it was copied art. You know, I would look at a cover and say, that's amazing. And so I would recreate it and people would say, well, that's amazing. And I thought, yeah. yes, that's amazing, right? Because I just 
I just drew it and I'm amazing. This is amazing. But it really wasn't because I didn't. I didn't make it, I didn't build it, I copied it, right? And so I got good at referencing and copying and stuff, but I really wasn't a good creator. And that's kind of where I left off after high school, and then uh, something happened. I um, I discovered girls. Wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, this was like the early 90s and stuff, and so back then geeks weren't popular at all. <laughs> Right. You know, we're lucky. The tide changed on that, didn't it? Yeah. It changed yeah. now, but back then it wasn't helping me, right? So, like, getting drawing comic books wasn't getting me any girls. What? For some really? reason. Yeah, amazingly. Mm. No. Uh, Might have worked for uh, Todd or Rob Liefeld or a couple of the guys or whatever, but it wasn't working for me. And so <laughs> instead, I hit, I hit the gym and started working in clubs and kind of, you know, just became a semi-adult and kind of went on in that way for a while became, um became on became a big guy as i as as i can tell you've really you you took that you took that uh, all the way also well, that and be, end up being a geek at the same time I, i i got to say that's impressive you know it's funny because a lot of people will look at it and say okay well you know the weight room bodybuilding all that kind of stuff is so different than comic books and stuff but it's really not like i'm a i'm a child i was born in the 70s grew up in the 80s and i'm a child of he-man transformers gi joe rambo like uh, you know wwf wrestling and stuff all the the big guys the action figures that came out of the 80s and stuff right yeah. and so for, for me uh big muscles learning anatomy learning all these things it kind of all meshes in my brain and so that drawing and the gym are a combination of my passions well it kind yeah. of makes sense because you have to recreate in a gym you kind of re are recreating yourself and very much so yep. and uh, as an artist you're recreate you're recreating and creating people at the same time so in in a weird sense you can you can put that you you can uh, branch them together like that it's the it has some basics of the same thing so you absolutely So you stop you 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 stop for a while with the creation creating was that I, was that your dream from the from the start that you wanted to be an artist though Um you know I don't know as a kid I wasn't sure what I wanted to be but I always enjoyed art I thought maybe I might get into drafting or architecture or something um And then I got into the weights thought I would be a police officer and then I strangely moved to Asia and started teaching over in Korea uh, and life just took a different turn than I really expected you know it wasn't growing up where I did how I did and stuff I, I really didn't expect to be living where I am now and so life is just funny that way oh yeah and what what made you what make make you come up with the uh, with your first thoughts of making a uh, a comment oh, Yeah, the Captain Korea character. Yeah, what? Yeah, well. Okay, so getting back into drawing after I had gotten married and stuff, um, I can't remember what happened, but my wife got me. Uh, <laughs> actually, I know what was going on. I was playing a lot of MMORPGs at the time when I was dating and getting married and stuff, and my wife was sick of me spending all the time doing useless stuff. Right, I was playing a game called City of Heroes at the time. Oh yeah, cool. I love City of Heroes. It was a great game, character creation again, and that kind of stuff, right? And awesome. And then um, she got me uh, an Intuos tablet for Christmas or my birthday, one of the two or whatever. And Ooh, she's awesome like, Here, why don't you?" Yeah, it was a great present. I was like, you know, I hadn't been drawing in years, but she kind of knew that I was interested in it and stuff. And I just slowly started getting into it. And then on the forums for City of Heroes, they had the fart forums which were the fan art forums right we called them the fart forums that's brilliant and, yeah it was awesome and there was such a great community of upcoming artists and as well as tons of obviously people who were that city of heroes games had, had tons of great supporters and fans in it and stuff and they oh, were yeah. also supporters of arts right and so that was like i was putting up some pretty crappy art and people were like hey man this is not bad and i was like really and it, it was just really encouraging for me so 
I think that's where I got some of my first paid work, some of my first commissions, which were still pretty bad. So I'm, I apologize to those people that paid me for them. Um, <laughs> but it gave me a lot of confidence. And um, yeah, so going back to the question you asked about Captain Korea, if we're getting on the book, that was me living in Korea. I'd lived there for 15 years, over 15 years. And um, I knew a lot of the culture, language, and I always, you know, there's a lot of talk about nowadays uh, reinventing characters, changing characters, and I've always thought, no, let's make new ones. You know, let's let's if we want representation, and we do need better representation of of different groups out there, let's make some new ones and stuff. So I thought, you know, Korea doesn't really have a great hero in the mainstream as a comic book hero or anything. So I'm gonna make one, and I, you know, Captain America. Um, Guardian from Alpha Flight, all of these guys were very, had iconic looks to it. And so I wrapped the cream flag around a character uh, and called him Captain Korea. Well, that makes, se- so that cool. makes sense go- going it that way. And I, I like the idea of, of all to like bring different cultures into the, into the, into the fan base and especially the Indies because they're still very based on the American ways of drawing comics and American heroes and all that. So, going out, yep. uh, going outside and thinking outside the box is, is new, and it's exciting and it pretty uh, pretty sure it will get a lot of attention. And as you pro- progress with this character, uh, Captain Korea, did you feel? Did you feel like this was the way to go old? All the time because I know in, when creating a comic book and creating characters, there's a lot of doubts, and a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot in the group are saying the same. Okay, I've had this character for a long time, but I'm doubting that it would work. How did you how did you fight those uh, thoughts and feelings yourself if you had oh, them? That's totally interesting because I actually have absolutely zero doubt in this character, and I'm not saying that to be cocky because. Once you understand the character, and and I can explain a little bit more about him in a bit, um, but my doubt instead lied in in myself as an artist. You know, like I had done the book. <laughs> the first okay, this is where you're going to see the real truth of this. The first issue was put out six years ago. Yep. And yeah, I made it for. I was doing a. a I had a table at New York Comic Con about five to six years ago and I was like, okay, I, I want to bring something to this, right? And I did this book basically all by myself. Even though I credit my buddy as a writer, he was more yeah. of the, the editor and stuff. It was me writing, uh, drawing, coloring, letter, you know, just the whole book, right? Oh, and yeah, he proved man. it. And it was work. It, it was, and I totally burnt myself out on it. Like, by the time I was done that book, I hated it. I, I didn't hate the character. I loved the character, but there was like pages that I just moved too fast on. Um, there was a there was a monster creature in it that I I just didn't flesh out very well. The design he, he ended up looking like um, who's that guy from Futurama? Squid. Squidward. Zoidberg or something like that. Yeah, or whatever. So like him. Yep. Yep. Right. And I'm like, oh, this monster sucks. And you know, like all I could see was faults after I was done the book. So I left the book alone. Um, for years, not because of the character. Like, I really enjoy the character. I, I like the direction. Even I like the direction, the writing of the book. But I just was, like, just disappointed in myself on, on how the book looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I've, I've read the book, and i got to say, it's one of the most polished-looking comic books that I've seen from an indie creator in a long time. And, and I'm not just saying that to be nice either, because... You know, you get a range of different styles out there from independent creators, but when I saw Captain Korea issue one, it really looked like it belonged on a comic book shelf in the comic book store. It, it looked very pro, as, as if it had been released by, you know, one of the big publishers. So, and in, in saying that, though, like, yeah, i got to say, man, like, the art, when you're looking at it, in the beginning, it, it, I can see your passion in, in the lines, in the colors, and in, in everything you put into that. But then as it does go through to the, toward the end, there are parts in it where I'm like, where, where I feel like I can almost sense your um, your lack of motivation to keep on going with it. And I guess what it. happens. How long did the comic book take to create from start to finish? 
Uh, yeah. So I'm working on issue two right now. So I'm, I'm kind yeah. of having flashbacks about how long the first one <laughs> Honestly, yeah. by myself, I finished it in probably, let's say, under six weeks. What? Captain what? Korea 1? Yeah. Six Dude, weeks? That, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You're and insane, so issue man. Two I'm looking at right now, and I basically I'll be finished issue two, I would say three weeks. I'm faster now. Cool. Wow. Dude, yeah. Such such an amazing turnaround time to knock out an entire comic book. That's insane. Yeah, I almost feel like, but but re- remember, guys, it kind of sucked. Like, there's a lot of pages that really weren't fleshed like they should have. If, if it took me six weeks or what, it really should have taken me double that to make it a really great book, you know? Yeah, yeah, but now you're now you're talking three weeks or something like that. Yeah, right. So this three week book, after looking at it, when I'll be done, I'll be like, okay, this book should have taken me six instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I, I spent more time. I, I never imagined myself taking six weeks. I would I wouldn't even have made all of the sketches done for the whole comic. But so <laughs> you know, si- is that is that si- is that six weeks from 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 writing the story and to the finish the finish though or is that when you start drawing how, how is your progress the original, yeah the original one was six weeks because i wrote it and yeah. so um yeah that was a six week progress this one or process this one was a three week because i had a buddy write it jace harris uh he had lived in korea before too so he had some background on korean issues and stuff um ah. so mm-hmm. i didn't have to deal with the script um, now, I, I still adjusted the script as I'm going through it and, you know, being the creator and I'm doing the air quotes thing, right? I, I use my uh, editorial <laughs> powers to kind of nudge panels and, and do that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm curious what he'll say when he sees it. But yeah, even the three-week book now, um, I'm pretty fast. Like, and I, and I don't mean that in a, in a great way, like a bragging way. It's more like uh, I'm kind of like cheap, like McDonald's maybe. <laughs> no, uh, what, fast food comic book. what I've seen from you, what I've seen from you is not McDonald's. So, thanks, man. Thanks. T- yeah, that's yeah, a, that, yeah. that was meant as a compliment. No, I believe. Yeah, thanks. I get you. I get you. Totally. Um, I mean, yeah, man, that's that's incredible. Like, I honestly looked at that comic book and thought that you spent a, maybe a year on it or something like that. And I guess that's a little bit of projection happening because um, you guys both know that I am one heck of a perfectionist and it takes me forever to get anything done. So I can only imagine how long I'd stay on a comic book for just, you know, being, you know, perfectionizing it as much as possible. Oh, dear. But I can see that in your work, Sorry? I can see it in your work, man. I see it in your lines. I see it like, man, one face of yours has like a hundred thousand lines on it and you know like it's like the the amount of detail you put in there the amount of work and i'm just like i'm blown away i bet you we put the same amount of lines you put the same amount of lines in one face as i do an entire book (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much man you know it's it's quality and i'm you know i'm not gonna kind of pump myself up to say i'm great it's just i can see it you know like i can see the quality you're turning out and stuff man so Yeah, but speed is a factor, and you know, and that's when it comes to, mm-hmm. I guess, eventually we'll talk to making money and and cranking out finished works and stuff like that and everything too, right? Yeah, you're the you're the guy to talk to, to about this by the sounds of it because <laughs> you, you've got like being fast is such like that's a talent in and of itself, I swear, and it, it's so good to actually be able to chat with somebody who has a fairly high standard of quality for their work like i definitely put it up there with with what marvel and dc are putting out at, at the definitely. moment and yeah. yet at the same time is able to churn out a comic book with like in under a month uh that's that's amazing man so how did Thanks. you get to that point like were you always that fast or did it take you some time to really get to know your process on a deep and foundational level before you are able to replicate it faster and faster and faster to pull off these giant projects in a, in a small amount of time? You know, I think all of us as artists have our, our strengths and weaknesses, right? And, and totally those nice. shift through time. Um, sometimes, you know, it might be an anatomy issue, uh, 
concept issue, an application issue, whichever. Um, I kind of cut my teeth on getting back into art through digital painting. And so I learned coloring, lighting, all of that stuff. And so when it comes to like doing a comic book like this, I was just weird. I was talking about it on, I think on our, our group the other day about how long it takes people to, to complete a page, right? And mm. so like, let's say my layout sketch, I'll look at the script, my layout sketch is five minutes. And I'll, I'll be honest, what I do then in that five minutes is I've got a, a bunch of comic books sitting next to me, like uh, trade paperbacks and stuff. And I kind of flip through and get panel ideas and stuff. I'm looking around, kind of taking piece from here and here. But, you know, nobody else's page is going to match my page because they don't match my script, right? But you kind of get a couple ideas of how to break a panel in a different way or something, right? Totally. And then, so I do that. It takes me about five minutes to kind of rough out a panel. And when I say rough, I mean like blobby stick figures and that kind of stuff, right? That's how and, the best pages begin. Yeah, and then, uh, and you guys have seen some of my stick figure work and everything, right? Like I start to construct off of the skeleton, a, a goofy modified skeleton, right? Yep. And from then I start into the finished, like finished lines, but also on the finished lines, I've got references close by, you know, like I've got double screens going on for looking at the cityscape or cars. Next to me, I've got a bunch of model little toy cars that I got to take pictures from different angles or, you know, different things to kind of help me along my way. I've got like some grid set up that I, if, once in a while, if, uh, if I'm kind of messing things up, I, I can reference as well, right? Yep. So, so the sketch takes me five minutes. Penciling the page, depending on detail, whether it's just talking heads dialogue or, you know, a full-blown page can take anywhere between, let's say, an hour to three hours. Right? Like, that's yep. kind of interesting. But here's where I get fast, is coloring. For a lot of people, a page like that will take another three hours to color. For right. me, it's 30 minutes to an hour. Wow, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And then I throw lettering on top of that. Lettering takes me about, say, 10, 15 minutes or whatever, depending if I'm adding in effects for the lettering and stuff. And that's pretty much it. Wow. So the whole page... <laughs> Depending on the complexity, can take me anywhere from what is it, two and a half to five hours, and that's how you can, you know, I finish an entire page in a day. I mean, seriously, if you if you walk up to anyone working with Marvel or DC and you say those uh, those things, just that alone will make them will make them re uh, consider hiring you. Not even before seeing your actual art, because. That's what people. That's what they they look for. They need to. Uh, they look for people that can work consistently and and fast. And your your work is consistent from what you've uh, what you've been showing. And if you can do it that fast as well, that's like you you could make a Captain Korea comic come out every month yourself. Basically, oh, <laughs> it would be very draining. I couldn't do anything else during that month or anything, right? But yeah, yeah. I definitely could. Um, the thing about Marvel, though, and I don't know if I've said it in the group, but I got scouted by Marvel a few months back and um, at a Comic-Con and uh, by C.B. Sabelski, right? Really nice guy. Yeah. He's head of Marvel and stuff, right? And they really like my stuff, but I haven't been picked up for a contract yet. Uh, you know, they've got my stuff on record. I'm in the talent pool and that kind of stuff, but nothing's been thrown my way. And I, you know... I kind of thought, oh, this is uh, something's going to happen, and then I kind of, I've been trying to stay in contact, and nothing's happened. But yeah. I also think maybe I'm not ready. I'll be ready when when they call on me, but maybe right now I'm not. So I'll just keep doing my thing, trying to improve my game, and you know when I get called up to the majors, uh, hopefully my game's there. Oh, hey man, it will be like you know, especially when you start pumping out a few more issues of say Captain Korea or you know if you decide to jump onto another comic book another superhero that you create or heck it might not even be a superhero it might be in a completely different genre altogether um, and they s continue to, to drop by at the comic cons that you might go to and, and feature your books at um, you know they look for that portfolio of work they look for the the evidence that you know the co the first comic book you created wasn't just a one-off 
mm-hmm. but that you can keep you know putting them out on a monthly basis but even then is that your ultimate aim or would you you know living in a time where now we can almost kind of branch out and start to promote and market our own stuff to within smaller indie publishers or heck even on our own without a publisher altogether um where would you like to take your your abilities at this point would you like to work for the bigger publisher or would you like to kind of go out on your own and and see what you can create there so you know i should support my my indie brethren and say yeah you know (laughs) i'm I'm gonna stay in the trenches and be the indie dude and you know do that and listen i got some when you say you know things that are not superhero ideas i've actually i've been working with some other co-writers for some other ideas and stuff that that i've got that uh um yeah, I think they're they're just really good stories, and I, I'm I'm all, I'm game for telling a good story. You know, I, my artwork might not always be there, but I'm hoping that mm-hmm. when somebody finishes the book, they're like, oh, well, that was cool, or that was interesting, or I learned something, or you know, I, I felt something, right? And so, the indie books, if I'm going to keep doing them, I, I hope they allow me to do that, and I hope they allow me to tell uh, a bunch of wide, diverse stories and stuff. And yeah, I'm game for that. But, man, there's this kid that, like, <laughs> I remember picking up X-Men 183 with Juggernaut fighting Colossus in a, in a pub. And that that book, you know, changed my world, man. That got me into big muscle men. That got me into drawing. That got me into everything. And if I was ever given the chance to to work on an X book, like X-Men or something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my child right here off to the side, and, you know, I might sell her off for that man (laughs) as she gasps yeah (laughs) but honestly that's my dream and you know it's it's not that i don't love indie comics not that i i don't want to tell my stories i'm gonna you know i'm gonna regardless but boy if i could draw for an x title that's who who can say who can say no right now yeah who can say no to that if that offer ever comes i mean my 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 personal beliefs is do you on, until until the opportunity arrive, arrives that you get the offer that you dream of, but until then, don't just sit and work into and w- await that offer. Do, oh do yeah, you, I'm not waiting. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely you not waiting. Wait. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm not just sitting waiting, pining away or anything like that. Totally, I'll, man. You know, I'll do what I got to do and stuff, and then. And you know what? Even after, let's say, years down the line, I do work on an X title, I'll go back to doing me. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, maybe I'll have more stories to tell, right? Totally, man. Like, I can hear the excitement coming through your voice at just the thought of working on the (laughs) X-Men. You became all dreamy, dreamy, almost a bit sappy. Like, aww. But I, and, I, and I, if this was a video chat, you guys would be laughing at how red I got and excited and stuff thinking about it. (laughs) So I, oh, I, I, can I, hear it, man. I have some, I have something I'd like to talk about because you actually turned my thoughts around on a subject that uh, it's been oh, discussed in the group as well. That's uh, about tracing. Oh, 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 oh! And okay. you, and I was, I was against it at first, and I've even talked about it here in the in a in one of the earliest podcasts that 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 you can learn from tracing and. That was actually something I got from you because before I met you and we had that talk in the group, I was and thought that tracing didn't help anything. But you convinced me otherwise by showing how you do it, how you learn from it. Could you could you explain a little about how you use tracing in order to improve your your own skill? Sure. Well, let's you know let's talk about learning and stuff. You know, like uh, we learn from a brick falling from the sky hitting us in the head to you know, not step out of the house that day or something. You know what I mean? There's ways of learning reasonably well. There's ways of learning really well. And there's ways of learning optimally. And that's going to change depending on the learner, right? Yeah. And so I'm a big proponent of people finding what works for them, you know? And you can see it in their work. You can see it in their progress. You can see everybody's going to be stubborn. And, And our group was people and I've been I've been that stubborn person before no this is working for me this is working for me and you know I'm not progressing the way I want to progress right but uh, when it comes to tracing I do think it's a viable option so what I did for example is 
first, I started off taking live model shots and studying the outside curvatures, like the outside forms of the body. And I actually got this from Clayton's uh, course on uh, body proportions, right? He was talking about the rule of eight and stuff, right? And awesome, I, I liked man. what he yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a little name drop, right? But no, I really did like what you what you constructed there in that course, and I, that kind of got me back into drawing in the last year or so, right? So I was like, okay, I like this, but I don't know if it's a hundred percent for me. You know, like I like it, but let's see if I can just tweak it just that extra ten percent to make it mine in my in my brain, not not to pitch it anywhere, but in my brain how it can register and sink in, right? So I started to look at uh, like. Not that I do this at all, but maybe Googling uh, girls, right? Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah. No, we wouldn't do that. No, we maybe never. have done that. Never do that. Yeah. Never. Yeah, anyways. So, and I started tracing the contours, tracing where the rib cage would be, tracing, you know, the head, the skull, tracing the outline of the hips of them and stuff, right? Tracing where the knee is and then connecting these points connecting where the you know the crotch uh, the bikini line goes and stuff the hip line Trying to trying to match and see what I couldn't see, you know, obviously uh, These models had you know sometimes they had clothes sometimes not but they had you know fat muscle whatever over top and I would strip it down to just the fundamental shapes and that's where Clayton in his course built up from Right, he built up from yeah. those shapes in the rule of eight, right? And I wanted to build down to that. I wanted to strip it all down and see, okay, will I find those same shapes? And how do those shapes look to my my brain's eye, right? Yeah. And so I did that with uh, with you know actual human models or whatever. And then I worked, moved my way into looking at some of my icons you know looking at todd mcfarland jim lee basically the 90s dudes right totally man you're me but yeah they're awesome and stripping their technique down and seeing okay first off they're not always consistent right because as artists they do what they do but you'd be surprised that they're fairly consistent in how they do their proportions so even you know arthur adams has a certain proportional thing a certain rib cage and, and hip overlap and stuff and so i started to learn their patterns and stuff and this wasn't so much like you know yeah we get a lot of this on 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 beginners learners and stuff like that aping uh and copying their icons and you know that's what i did when i was in in school right you know like i would I would look at the title, like a cover for an X book or whatever, and I would draw it and once again, people said, oh wow, that's awesome, right? But instead, what I was breaking it down, it was almost like breaking down the structure of a building and saying, okay, I wanna build this building. So I wanna figure out how they built this building and now I'm gonna build it again, right? Totally. And so that's, that's how I looked at tracing. Instead of tracing the flourishes, tracing the outlines, because you can tell when, when we look at uh, somebody's drawing, when they don't know, and I'm gonna swear here, when they don't know shit about anatomy, you can tell when all they're doing is just looking at at the surface of whatever somebody else has drawn. They don't understand the underlying structure, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. And so I wasn't tracing the, the surface. I use it as tracing to understand the structure and then learning and trying to build it back up again. And once I build it back up, looking at, at the, uh, comparison and saying okay you know how's my build right and it yeah it's getting better <laughs> totally and man it's always like running like like getting to know the roadmap of the human yeah. body for example yep yep and that's the good way of tracing uh, that you taught to me because before that i was all, i had always when i heard the words tracing it was always with a you know that oh no spray yeah. that spray with water because it was always just drawing over like 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 you said one of uh, one of more famous p artists or 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 actual picture and not understanding what was underneath it right and that and we've all done that of course I think, um, so many of us have done that type of thing and so i'm not pointing fingers i'm just saying hey i don't think you learn tons from that style of tracing exactly and i, I agree with you there but the way you do it that you use that tracing you you don't use it to be as a finished thing. 
you use mm-hmm. it to teach yourself more about that the area, the subject that you're draw that you're gonna draw and learn from it. And that's the good way of tracing. That's what you turned me into. So you you made me into a believer in that in that aspect that that explanation. And you know one one important important crucial part of that is acknowledging it. Like if somebody says, "Hey, this looks like so and so," yeah, it is. You know, actually, I, I gave credit right below there. It, you know, when when people are tracing in in not in secret but in the shadows or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, look at my art! Isn't it amazing?" You know, and you look. Hold on, that's that's Jim Lee's work. You know, that's his cover from Batman One Seventy Whatever, right? Um, and, yeah. You know, how many times do we run into that? And, and they take those accolades from everybody posting likes and and thumbs up and you're you're so amazing they're like yes i am you know yeah. and it's like no you're not you know like really give the respect for where that came from you know and just say listen this is just a study this is and and i'm trying to get better and people will respect you more for it hell yeah it's that's okay and man i'm so heartbroken when when i don't know the difference between when I haven't seen the work that they've traced before and I am fooled and I think it's theirs and then I find yeah. out later that they just traced it over the top of somebody else's there's nothing more heartbreaking than that because you know I feel like a fool because you know I b- believe that that had just come completely 100% from them no, no. so some guy comes on online and he starts posting pro level work out of the blue I usually just look at the rest of his work and mm. You know, you can see consistencies or inconsistencies there, right? And, you know, sometimes everybody can be tricked, but I think after a few years of, unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know, moderating um, art groups and stuff like that, uh, I've got a pretty good eye for it now. Actually, this is something I want to bring up just quickly. It's it's not really related to what we were just talking about, but uh, a little segue there is... There used to be, or there still is, but it was a bigger site before called Pencil Jack. Yeah, I this, know exactly yep. what you're talking about. Same here. Yeah, this site helped me more than almost anything because this is where guys like uh, Ryan Otley, Mark Brooks, a whole bunch of great artists came out of the the newer artists, the new wave of artists came came out of this site, and then um, the the ones that have been on it in the last ten years are just a solid group of people, and we were running a a competition called Pummel. And what that was, was uh, a ranked system of, of art battles. And it gave us deadlines, challenges, challenges that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Do you know what I mean? Like making you draw out of your box and stuff, right? And yeah, yeah. that also helped my speed. Cause it was like, not just my speed, but matching deadlines, right? So you got a deadline of, I think it was 25 days we usually ran it. And in 25 days you, you got your you know, your challenge, you had to think of the concept, you had to plot it all out, you had to, and you know, there was a difference between some guys getting a sketch done and a couple guys submitting three pages of finished panels. And that's the difference of like winning and losing. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's actually where, a Pencil Jack is actually where my uh, my idea for channels of uh, ch- uh, challenge of the month first came came about because I've, I've been a huge follower of Pencil Jack myself, and I know how much those challenges uh, have helped artists. So I they wanted, to, so I wanted to bring that into the group as well. So, yeah, Pencil Jack is really it still exists, as far as I'm aware. And if people are listening and interested, well, go to, go Google it. I'm pretty sure it will be the first link that pops up if you yeah. search for Pencil Jack. Have a look; it's interesting yeah. stuff. There's a lot of great guys there. Um, Paul Smith, Smitty, from the X-Men fame, he, he gives great critiques on that site. Uh, Lawson Wallace, also an uh, amazing professional commercial artist. He's on there. And you just get a lot of solid feedback from, from guys. Uh, it's something that I hope that our How to Draw Comics group can, can learn from is like, listen, don't focus on the artist. Don't focus on the words focus on the art and let's mm-hmm. let's really help this person progress and when you get that feedback don't focus on the person that's giving you the feedback don't focus on the wording of the feedback just take the feedback and hopefully it'll help you if it doesn't so be it but you know just take it for what it is totally that's what it's like talking. yeah yeah absolutely um i remember as well 
back when I was trying to find access to these comic art forums, Pencil Jack was one of the first ones that popped up, man. And uh, I jumped on there and I started posting work. And let me tell you, it's definitely <laughs> one of those forums that if you're going there expecting to get a, um, a mountain of compliments on, on your work, on your mediocre work, it's not going to happen. In no, fact, it's it's definitely it's one of the most powerful, uh, I guess, I guess you could say hubs of learning that you could ask for because the artists on there are, are very straightforward with their critiques. They're not they're not mean necessarily, right. but they're very um, they're going to focus on the areas of your artwork where you can improve rather yep. than the areas that you, you know you've got a handle on, and I think that that's good because at the end of the day that's how we learn we're not going to being reaffirmed of what we're already doing correctly isn't going to make us better artists except in the fact that hey if at least then we know that what we're doing is working in that that capacity but what's even more important is the areas that we're blindsided by that we're just not getting and so it can be incredibly powerful to to have people there to look at your work, give you decent feedback, give you high-quality reviews that you can actually implement. And that that is definitely one of the things that I want our How to Draw Comics group to to take a note from and to hopefully evolve into. I'll say we are good. Uh, we, are, we are well on our, our way. I mean, just this last month, I, I see more proper criticism of people's work and people actually listening to it than I've seen beforehand. So... Yeah. We are slowly building what we want with that. But let's go back to you, Ed, a little sure. bit more. So you got the Captain Korea uh, issue 2 coming up. And you... Uh, do you all, uh, have you already set up for how, lo- how, how many issues you plan on? Or is it just a continuous story? Uh, does it have an end already? Uh, how, uh, how, are your, <laughs> how are your thoughts about how, lo- how long... Uh, how how far are you willing to take it? <laughs> um, well, seeing as the first one came out six six years ago, and this one's coming out now, and uh, if I go by that years? pace, every six years, then uh, yeah, by the time I'm ninety, I might have enough for a uh, trade. <laughs> you know, uh, here's the thing about Captain Kreev. For those who haven't read it, I'll just give a little quick introduction and stuff. Oh, yeah, if you have true. read it, maybe this explains it a little bit better is that I grew up, as I've said a few times in this podcast now, uh, you know, 70s and 80s, and we had Saturday morning cartoons, right? And, you know, the cartoons had a great influence on me. They were very, uh, I don't know, I'm going to use the word episodic, that, you know, there wasn't much carryover, there wasn't much storyline, but they still pulled you in, right? And so that's what I'm trying to do with this book, is that I feel like sometimes now the, the comic books that are currently out there are too daunting for new readers to pick up. Like even me as an experienced reader, or somewhat experienced reader, right? Like I, I'm scared to pick up some of the X books or something. And these are this is this is my my baby. I love the X-Men, but <laughs> like who the hell is who are these people? Like I'm so lost, right? And totally. so I want somebody to be able to pick up the book and enjoy it. And if they skip an issue or don't, they're not totally lost by it. So it's it's episodic in that way, and it's also a bit of a a call out to like early high school Spider-Man, um, Invincible, that type of thing, where a young person has uh, all of a sudden some responsibilities thrust upon them. They're they're caught out of their element. They're they're going to be dealing with how to balance it with their life and their dreams and stuff like that, and uh, and be a little goofy at the same time and stuff. And so it's it's a pretty simple book. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's gonna win any awards or anything like that. It's more just a, a book that hopefully people can pick up, enjoy. Uh, here's another thing. It's about Korea. You know, it's it's based in Korea. It's a Korean superhero, but it's not it's not raw raw Korea. It's not bashing Korea. It it just happens to be in Korea. It's, yeah. it's not like, hey, I'm going to hit you over the head to say this is the message that I'm sending. No, 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 it's not that. It's just this hero just so happens to be Korean. And and because he's Korean, things are based in Korea. 
and that's it. Do you know what I mean? It's not uh, it's not intended to be. There's no political message. There's no political messages. Yeah, even though there will be the occasional political thing coming on, it's not a political message. Do you know what I mean? It's Korea happens to be sandwiched between Japan, China, U.S. These powerful forces, right? And that's actually going to play in on issue two a little bit, but it's not conveying a political message. You know, it's it's just kind of just saying, hey, this is where things are at, and how the character is dealing with with where he's at, right? Hmm. I love so, that, man. In, to your question, where is it going? Or, uh, I don't know. I you, I haven't plotted out in my head for like the general direction for the next five to ten issues. You're just and having I'm fun with it. Um, yeah, and it's just going to be hopefully fun, you know. Like if, if it ever gets too serious or too campy or too mocking, then I think I've lost the direction of what I want. I want it that it's it's a cartoon, like it's something you can pick up, you enjoy, and maybe learn a little tidbit about Korea. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that in an educational way. It's more like, oh, I didn't know that, you know. Like I learned something about somebody else's life, like just like I would learn about a character based out of. New Orleans that I hadn't been there before or something like that, you know? Yeah, and totally, man. That's, that's I totally get the book. Exactly. I like cool. the book. That, that's what I love about uh, Captain Korea, Ed, is, and the idea behind him is that, you know, comics, they can give us so much insight and they can tell us so much about the world and I don't always think that that potential is 100% fulfilled in a lot of the market. You know, most superhero comic books out there, at least in the Western world, are based, you know, in the U.S., or mm-hmm. uh, you know Canada. I think it's just the U.S. Really, really um, the U.S. Which is which is super cool. And you know that I guess with Marvel, for example, one of the cool things is is that you know a, a lot of the market comes from the U.S. and they can kind of relate with the characters who grew up in their home cities or their hometowns or their home suburbs. But I think that the other really great gift that comic books can offer us is a new look at a world that we haven't necessarily completely explored. And I think that, you know, a character like Captain Korea, who does come from a completely different place that most of us haven't lived in or journeyed to, except for you, of course, Ed, and um, and who who is of a different background and, and race and and comes from a different culture, presenting that in a comic and then letting the readers jump into that world is so awesome and i feel like we need we need more of that in in the world of comic books yep totally agree and it doesn't have to be like smash you over the head with the stereotypes <laughs> and stuff like that like fine you can throw a couple things in there because things are what they are but it doesn't you know like when i look at the Mar- marvel characters that they tried to create to accomplish that diversity in like the 70s and 80s mm. um you know they were stereotypes to the extreme and stuff right and I think, you know, we're a bigger global community nowadays and stuff, and we've got a bigger reach. You know, look at our, our uh, forum on how to draw comics and stuff, and even look at this chat we're having right now. You know, we've got three different countries being represented, <laughs> and I'm not even in Canada right now. I'm in Hong Kong, right? So yeah. this is, look how global we are, right? So the world's changing, and I think uh, we can represent it a little bit better. Totally, man. There's there's more connectivity than ever, and, and more ways of getting our stories and and what we have to say to other people from all all over the globe out there. And I think that we got to take advantage of that, man. Like, especially as independent creators that kind of have the the ability and the opportunity to be able to do that. You know, I think that's what really, as indie creators, we can bring to the table that uh, a lot of the bigger, already established publishers might not be able to which is that that level of diversity i agree and you know this is one thing if i could ever talk to cb again about marvel and stuff or whatever dc is that you know back in the i felt in the 80s they took more risks they had those one-shot comics and they're just starting to do that a little bit again like i don't think you have to put a million dollars behind a title and really like say okay Hey, this is our next great hope, you know, or anything like that. I think you can experiment, tell good stories, and see what sticks to the wall. And you know, I I think sometimes the bigger companies are scared to do that, to to spitball and like just say, well, let's let's have some fun with this, and and fine if we fail. But even the failures, you know, like talking about failures, goddamn, you know, like if I looked in the dollar bins or 
25 cent bins 20 years ago, I'd find all the rocket raccoons. But now, you know, what happened? It's blown up, right? Exactly. Rocket raccoons and guardians are, are all stars now, right? But years ago, they were the joke of comic books. They were the D-line, the D-listers of Marvel and stuff, right? And so I think they got to get back to just having fun and just experimenting with, with the characters and, and the ideas. Exactly. So, like, I'm already working on on, on my De Denmarkian comic, by the way, speaking of making comics. Good. And uh, I'm, expect I'm expecting, like, in three months, uh, Clayton will come out with Admiral Aussie, who's a koala that rides dinosaurs. <laughs> so we're getting there. I'm we're getting there. We're getting the whole world that. into it. Right, right on, man. That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that that's really cool. Um, you know, I'd I'd love to. I feel like Ed, we, we Rick and I could talk to you for hours just about the whole process of creating a comic and and not just the practical side of it, but the mindset that you'd need to to take on such a, a massive endeavor. Like, I admire it because I know how insanely difficult it would be for for me to do that, and I do intend to do that someday. For you, for you, because you're good, man. It would oh, take oh you. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm I'm good, but I'm incredibly slow, um, and I'm not that good. <laughs> he is I'm, slow. I'm, st I'm still getting there, like like everybody else. But what I love yes, about oh, I'm actually going to give you a hard time, man. You got to start cranking out some more uh, tutorials and stuff like that. That's what I say. Every month. I, I say that I, I say that every podcast I'm poking him that okay mm. he, he, this story has been what in the uh, how long in the making now and thank you for this segue <laughs> so I could poke him again but, yeah but that's that's the uh, that's his point I think he was trying to make he's too much a perfectionist right now to be able to produce mm. in in a, in, in a proper time when it comes to comics and I can understand yeah. that from a, from a perfect being a perfectionist myself. We well, you know what's funny, guys, is I don't know if being a perfectionist is a is a hundred percent to blame with it. You know, I've been thinking about it a little bit, and you know what I found is that I really overcomplicate things sometimes. You know, I'll start off with an idea that's achievable, that that seems yeah. like it can be done within a reasonable amount of time, and then somehow it rapidly turns into this unachievable monster that I, I'm barely able to make a dent in. And I put more and more time into it. I pour my heart and soul into it, only to realize that this this endeavor, this track that I've gone down, is just not gonna is just not feasible, um, financially, time wise, or energy wise. And yeah, um, so you know that's that's been part of this course. You know, you guys both know that I've been working on it for the better half of a year, probably an entire year, come to think of it. And a lot of it has been refiguring out the process itself that I'm going to use in order to develop the thing. And over time, it has become more refined, just like as if you were making a comic book, Ed. I mean, even in Captain Korea 2, you've found that by optimizing certain processes, such as the writing side, you know, the, the coloring, and no doubt the drawing and the inking process, that, I mean, it's been six years since the first issue came out, so I'm sure you've refined your process over that time as well. And what took you, you know, this amount of time to do now takes you a much shorter amount of time. And I've found that to be the case for me where, you know, I was drawing up a, you know, I'm doing the female heads course, as you know, and it would take me, you know, a day to, to draw up a female head, not because I was slow at drawing them up, but because I would restart them so many times. So I was trying to get that process down. And uh, it was only recently that I, I knocked out five in a single day. They were all you know, I was happy with them, so that's that's good. That's always a good day. And it's funny because the amount of time that it can that it can take to you know, you know, once you once you figure out the process, a significant smaller amount of time it can take to do something that once took you much longer to do is frightening. It's it's scary. Yeah. I that of losing yourself in some parts of the process. And it's losing your focus, I think. You know, I was, I watched a YouTube video about a, a comic maker out of Japan. And he's, I don't think he was a Japanese dude. I think he might have been a white dude that had lived in Japan, right? And he made like this massive comic. It took him 10 years, this massive <laughs> book, right? Like literally, no, I'm not joking about that. That guy's name. <laughs> and then he made this video about saying, okay, why did this thing take me 10 years? 
And he showed how he put the most intricate detail into every panel and like all of these these panels that just didn't matter. You know, it was a dialogue scene and he wrote out the menu, <laughs> the list of menu on the table of where they were sitting there talking or something like that, right? In Japanese, right? Like the guy was so detailed, but he's like, I didn't need to do this and I can't do it. If I'm ever going to do another book, I cannot do this. So I think that's one of the things you learn is to say, okay, why am I doing this? Where's, where's the, where's my important things, right? Where's my focus? How can I, and what's detracting from that focus? What's pulling my time away from it? Is, is me like, am I drawing every leaf on this tree going to help me tell this story any better? Right. Yeah. Is, is me, you know, drawing every shattered piece of glass going to, going to show that impact? Maybe it will, you know, but that's the question you got to ask yourself, right? For you, it's like, you know, is redrawing this head, is re, you know, doing all these things going to help me do this tutorial better, you know, yeah. and maybe not, man, maybe not. Totally, dude, a hundred percent. And uh, it's, it's been a learning experience. You know what the funny thing is, though, is that I look at the, the trials and tribulations I've gone through in the creation of these, these courses and the, and the YouTube videos. And, you know, I mean, for the, for the most part, I haven't really been a comic book artist in the way that I've been creating comics. I've been a comic book art teacher. And so that's kind of the skill set that I've been refining in that regard. But I feel like now that I've gone through all of this, when it does come to the day when I start to create that that comic book that I, that I hope that I hopefully will get around to creating, I'll be ready to go. You know, that the stage will be set. I'll know exactly how I'm going to go into it, how I'm going to produce it, and you know, all the, uh, the nooks and crannies that usually need to be ironed out of the, uh, <laughs> the process will already be taken care of. I hope so, man. I hope so for you, but I'm going to be a little bit mean and I'm going to say yes, yes and no, because what you're doing is, you know, at least from my looking at your tutorials and stuff like that, and you know, I'm a fan, man. Like, I, I even paid for your course, right? Like I, I love your stuff and stuff. So this isn't me coming at you or anything. This is me just saying, Listen, you want to get better at doing something, do it. Do it. And so you, you want to get better at making comics, make comics. You ain't going to get better at doing something if you don't do it. And yes, you know, it's the same in, in the gym. If you want to get a bigger bench press, how do you get it? You bench. Now you might work on, you know, a little bit of extra tricep work and you might do all these ancillary stuff and, and everything and stuff. But the, the meat and potatoes of it is producing what you want to finish with. Right. Mm. And so I think you're a great artist and I think you're, you're improving yourself as you draw. And I'm not going to take that away from you at all. But for you to come and say that, oh, it's going to translate into comic books, like into me creating comic books, it will to an extent because you're going to be great, like as in your art is great and that stuff. But unfortunately, there's the process of actually making the book that you're still going to have to grind through. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash you with this. I'm just trying to say, I think you're going to realize getting into the actual book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There, there's a grind here. There's, there's, there's something, there's a dragon here for me to slay. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's going to be a whole new tier of problem solving things that I have right. to learn, things that I have to overcome. And it, you know what, I'm going to cross that bridge of problems <laughs> when I come to it. <laughs> And but you're 100 percent right, man. I mean, the best way to learn this stuff is just get get amid it and and start to to actually produce what it is you're trying to figure out. And sure. uh, definitely, I'm. I mean, if I look at where I'm at now, I'm going to definitely be leveling up when I actually get into the the making part of comics. Right on. So, what's the first thing we say to people when they come to the forum and they say, "Hey, how do I draw better?" <laughs> what do we say? Draw. You know, yeah, like get drawing. Exactly. Just draw. Right now, let's see it. Draw exactly. more, more, more. Keep drawing. Let's see it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't show me stuff from eight years ago. Don't show me <laughs> like what you want to be. Show me what you are right now, and let's see you doing it every day, and let's see you progressing with it. Right. So, do it, man. Get on it. I want to see a book from you after this tutorial is done. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thank you. I mean, it's funny. You know, I'll be honest with you, with you, Ed. 
the the way I've planned things out, and I'm I'm one of those long-term goal creators. So you're going to probably think this is a little bit crazy when I let you in on what the plan is for for how to draw comics.net and the the whole thing that I want to do with comic books. Um, so this I, is the master plan, right? The master plan. Are you guys ready for this? All right. Um, you know, the idea is to actually continue focusing on howtodrawcomics.net for the next two or three years, get the core selection of courses for that done, which I do believe will be achievable, and then begin bringing on more talented creators who are also excellent teachers on board to do courses that they specialize in, which I've, I've actually already approached you on this, Ed, because I, I saw what you were doing with uh, the anatomy and the movement of the human body, and you were super... Uh, you were very good at delivering the teaching material that, that you were going over with, with the videos that you were producing it. And I know that that wasn't your focus at the time, but I remember coming to you and saying, hey, you know what, man, if you ever wanted to do a, a course on the movement of the human body and the way that the, the anatomy kind of you know moves in motion, then I'd definitely love to bring you on board. And that would be amazing. That would be cool. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then what I want to do is I want to kind of step away a little bit from from HTDC and a turn, well, at least the, the teaching side of it and let other people who are more capable of drawing airplanes and vehicles and animals and that kind of thing take over on that behalf. But then I'd like to actually turn it into somewhat of an independent publisher and actually focus on the, the independent comic book store that, that we've started on the site. And and that's when I'll really start to focus on comic books, probably throughout my 30s and 40s until I uh, you know develop Carpal Tunnel or something along those lines and have you've to resort to... you still got your <laughs> mouth to draw from. Sorry? You can still learn to draw from with your mouth after that, so it's no I problem. I can. I can, yes. I'll probably but get we, into movie making or something one day. <laughs> with that being said... Oh, go so, ahead. It's okay, Rick. Uh, I was just going to announce that we hit the one-hour mark. and I saw. I saw. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll start to wrap it up. What were you going to say, Ed? Well, I was kind of flabbergasted. You said through your 30s and stuff. How old are you, man? Oh, I'm, I'm 28. He's only 28. Now, now I don't like you. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> How old did you think I was? I, I figured I was, I, you know, I have no idea, but I was kind of presuming in the 30s because you're really good. Yeah, I thought now, you were. I, now you're in your 20s, and so I, I dislike you a little bit more. I thought you, no, were, okay. I thought you were in the late, late 30s as well, if you remember, Clayton, when we yeah. first talked oh, about this. Because you're so mature. Apparently I'm aging <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> right. So, uh, Captain Korea, expect that I uh, expect that out soon. Oh, yeah, next well, week. We'll get next it up week. on the site next week. Well, yep. that'll mean when this podcast is out, it'll already be out. Oh, good. Mm. Good, good. Okay. So, right what, where, where can people find Captain Korea, Ed? On howtodrawcomics.net. Oh, yeah. All of the That's plugs. Right. <laughs> All of the plugs. I said that right. Correct. <laughs> How to draw comics dot net uh, slash comic book store or slash store? Yeah, comic book store. Yeah, I believe something it is. like that. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a lot of good independent comics on there to check out, but check out mine first. Yeah, definitely check out. The <laughs> Yours is one of the best sellers on there, uh, Ed. Uh, believe it, it or not, it really is. Yep, it is. It's sold probably the most. You know, actually, um, hard copies of that comic has sold have sold pretty well like bringing bringing it to the comic cons and stuff like that people seem to respond to it quite well um digitals and i think it's the same thing comics across the board it's a growing market right and it's 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 there it's growing people still like to hold the comic in their hand but i think it's good to give people both options oh yeah absolutely man we live in a digital age so yep. uh it's it's good and, and you know the upfront cost with that stuff as far as production goes isn't too upfront is right. Exactly. So, yeah, um, printing comics is not cheap. Yeah, I bet. Well, yes, uh, for a future podcast, I would like us to do that. Is how to make money at, in this business. I think that would yeah. be a great thing. Uh, that is, we definitely. can actually get, get somebody on the podcast that is actually making money, but and then we can ask them how they're doing it and stuff. But I've, you know, I've got a lot of experience and ideas with it and stuff, and I think it would be 
it would be a good topic for us sometime. That's... I was just about to say, uh, Ed, we'd love to have you back because uh, you know an hour I... just went by in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's that was... what we think. But anybody listening to this, they're probably like, will these guys ever end? <laughs> Yeah, it went on. It, it it went on a geek trip for sure this uh, this time around because I do feel that we have a lot in common. Also, just with our mindset of producing, even though we are all three very different in how we produce it, the mentality is, is still remains the same between the three of us. That we mm. all have our end goal, and we all strive to uh, strive to and push ourselves to to try and reach that end goal. Right on, right on. In like, in in a in a rational, logical sense, instead of an a, an emotional sense, than many others do, where where it it then fails for them. We share, we have the more logical, more direct, somewhat somewhat some would maybe call it militant mentality, when it <laughs> when it comes to just pushing forward and get getting things done. And I think that's yeah, something where working that, on your own. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think working on your own, you have to have that that ability to self-manage, right? Whether it's the militancy, whether it's the uh, management style, whatever it is, you have to be able to put yourself in that desk and get it done. Absolutely. Exactly. That's it. Well, sadly, brings a tear to my eyes to say this, guys, but we may have to wrap it up for this uh, special, already extended episode. Um, but thanks so much for being here, Ed. Absolute honor to finally uh, have a chat with you. Um, and uh, I was going to say in person, but we're not really in person, are we? It's good to Close talk enough. to you on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And, uh, and have you on the show. So, And, of course, Ed as uh, and uh, and Rick, so, thanks so much for being here as well as my, my trusty co-host. It is a pleasure, um, uh, pleasure as always. And I, enjoy, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it was great. We have such great chemistry, you could say. I think that that just about sums up our our uh, hive mind of comic art speak. <laughs> cool. Good summary. Yeah, great. All yeah, right, guys. I, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, let's do it again, and you know, let's just keep helping people on on the on the page, right, and on the site. Let's let's see if we can all you know do this journey together. Heck yeah, that's why we do what we do, man. And uh, I know that as much as we love art, we really share something else in common, which is we love helping people create their own stuff. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's cap it off here, guys. Thanks so much for listening to our, our wonderful listeners out there. Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud and also on iTunes because Rick has got us set up on there with his his wow. wizard-like skills, so um, it's, it's good to have, have us on there, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time for episode man, I don't even know what episode we're up to um, we're, we're cranking them out, yeah, it'll be episode 7 actually, so yeah, I know, we've, we've built up the library, so um, it's, it's good, we're on a roll with this stuff so yeah, right see, on, you guys, see, you, see you guys next episode and take care